Hey guys, what's going on? It's Barry, aka Mr. Consistency, and I just want to welcome you to my podcast where I uh, cover mainly financial topics and stuff that should have been taught in high school, but it probably wasn't, Uh, so I'm going to try and help you out with that. So on today's topic, or today's episode, I'm discussing the topic of negotiating. Uh, this is actually by uh, done because of a request uh, of a friend of mine who uh, recently had to do a, a couple uh, negotiations, um, one of which is uh, for a new job, and he's also dealing with uh, selling a vehicle. So both those are, uh, you know, need to be negotiated, and uh, I thought it's a, it's a really good topic, so I'm going to dive into it now. Realistically, you can go hours and hours deep on how to be a professional negotiator. Uh, I'm just kind of going to skim the surface of uh, some tips and some tricks and kind of understanding the basics of negotiating um, and, uh, you know, get you off on, on the right foot. And then I'm sure later on I'll probably dive a little deeper. So uh, negotiate, and for all intents and purposes, uh, on this topic that I'm talking about today, um, this can almost be done interchangeably with uh, with sales. And you know, some of you may say, "Well, I'm not in sales, so I don't need to I don't need to listen to this." But keep in mind, you are in sales, whether you know it or not. If you're trying to get uh, a boy uh, a boy or a girl, uh, man or woman, to go out on a date with you, you have to sell yourself a little bit. When you are trying to get a job. Uh, you have to sell yourself a little bit. When you're dealing with customers, you have to sell uh, a little bit, you know, just to, to, you know, get information back and forth. So no matter what, you're in sales, whether you know it or not. So um, let's look at the definition. Uh, so one of the definitions is um, a process of combining divergent positions into a joint agreement under a decision rule of un- <laughs> unanimity, u- unani- unanimity, uh, meaning uh, unanimous, meaning together. Um, so those are some really big words there. Uh, so if we kind of break it down, it's the process, uh, the, the procedure, um, the uh, steps of, com- of combining divergent positions so that means you have two different positions, two different angles, two different locations of, of where people are coming from, and you're combining the two together. Um, so I imagine, you know, you guys kind of all know what gears look like, and imagine taking two gears and then bringing them closer and closer together so that they match up and turn and everything meets well. Um, so that's kind of the visual. That's combining divergent positions uh, into a joint agreement uh, meaning both or all parties are in agreement, meaning we are all on board, we are all on the same page of how we want to proceed forward. So if you simplify it a little bit, um, kind of my version is, uh, two or more people or groups that have something that the other party desires and vice versa. So... Let's let's look at a couple examples real quick. So, um, one of one, one of which is going to be 
um, when you're looking for a job or employment. You have, if, if, if you yourself are looking for a job, you're trying to find employers that are looking for positions, right? You have something. What you have is the skill, the knowledge, and real, really the time to do a certain job. Okay, so say you're a, uh, you know, say you're an accountant. You have the skill and knowledge to do accounting and you're willing to give up hours for pay and, and benefits, right? So you have a position. Now, an employer, say uh, H&R Block, maybe they're looking to hire accountants. So they have a different position. They have a business with people needing work done and they need employees to do that work. And that employee needs to have these certain sets of skills and be willing to give up their time to do those skills in exchange for money. So see how it's two different sides of the same coin. You're looking for a job, they need a job to be done. That's two divergent uh, positions, okay? Now, when you start to combine those, you have something that's your time and skill and you want money in exchange for that, right? You want to get paid. They have an open spot. They have money. They're willing to pay someone, but they need that someone to have the skill and give up their time to do it. So it's, it's two different ends and they end up meeting very well. Um, I just picked the, you know, uh, accountant and, and, uh, H&R Block because it was the first thing that came to mind. But really in any position, if you're a server, a waitress, a cook, a landscaper, you know, the list is a mile long of companies need people to do these roles, do these positions, and employees have these certain skills and want to exchange their time for, uh, for that money. So that's, that's one, uh, one way of looking at it. Uh, another one is maybe uh, a product or a service. So, you know, you say, I'm not looking for a job right now. I'm happy where I'm at. Okay, cool. Well, when you go to the store um, to buy, uh, you know, milk, it really works with any product, you're looking to buy milk. There's, there's actually a little bit of negotiating that goes on. Not very much, and it, it's, most of it's already done, so you don't even notice it, but you know, okay, you're in a position, you're at home, you're trying to make a bowl of cereal and you realize, oh man, I'm out of milk. I need some milk. Well, unless you live on a farm and can go out back and, and get milk from a cow, you're probably going to go to a convenience store or a grocery store and, and purchase milk. So already some negotiating is being done because you know, well, you know, I need to go, go to the store and get some milk. So you already know where you can get it, who's offering that product. Okay, and they've they've done that because they've advertised or you've driven by and they've you know they've got their sign out front of you know so and so grocery store, and maybe you've been in and you've seen that they sell typical uh, food and, and and necessities that you would need. So the deal's already started weeks, months, years ago. Okay, you didn't even realize it, but the deal already started. They they have goods for sale and they want to make it known what they have for sale. So that's why instantly you think I need to. I need to go to the store and get some milk. Okay, so the, the deal's already started. If you think about it, subconsciously, before you leave, you grab your wallet or purse, right? Because you know it takes money 
to buy that milk. You can't just go in and grab the milk and leave. That's, you know, you could, but <laughs> you're going to get arrested. So you know that's the deal. I can go and get what I want in exchange for something. And that universal currency is money, whether it be cash, check, credit card, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's money. You know that you can get what you want, milk, as long as they get what they want, money. You see how there's that, that, that exchange there, that negotiation? Now you think, well, there's, that's not a negotiation. I'm just buying a product. Well, yes, but like I said, most of the negotiation has already been done, meaning for the last umpteen amount of years, that grocery store has not only negotiated a price that, because, you know, there's not cows in the back of that grocery store. Well, maybe if you live in the, the Midwest or something, but for the most part in urban cities, so most grocery stores do not have a, a cow or cows in the back, right? They bought that milk from somewhere. So they've already negotiated a deal with a particular farm or, you know, whatever their supplier of how much they're going to pay for milk. They also need know, they know what they need to make uh, margin-wise, profit-wise per, per gallon of milk. So they mark it up. So that's already been figured out. And then they put it on the shelf and they put a price tag on there. They are not willing to sell that milk for any less. It doesn't make sense to them. Unless there's a particular coupon and, and you know, then they are willing to take a less of a margin for a certain amount to draw you in. So they've already done all the math and all the negotiating and taken that all out of the deal. Okay, they've, they've laid it firm. Now it's just up to you to decide, and this is where there is still negotiating. When you go, you know, back to, back to your house, let's, you know, rewind a little bit. You're at your house, you need milk. You say, oh, you got to go to the store and get some. Do you maybe think of two or three places you can get milk from? If you're in an urban place like I am, there's a couple stores and a couple convenience stores all within a few miles. If you're a little more rural, you know, you may just go to the nearest one because it's still a long ways away. And so you don't really have much of a choice, but you do. You could go even further. And that's what we consider is like, well, I got this grocery store down this way and I have this grocery store down that way. Oh, you know, I'm going to go to this grocery store because it has really good prices on milk or, or food or whatever. And so you go there or maybe you say, ah, you know, I think I'm going to go to this one because it's a little bit closer and the lines that, you know, I can get in in and out quickly. It's more convenient than if I go to this other store that may be 10 cents less, but you know, there's always huge lines and I just, it's not worth the 10 cents. You see that you're negotiating with them without them knowing it of what deal you want to take or not. You're going to buy milk somewhere. It's just, who do you feel has the best value? Maybe this place is cleaner. Maybe that place is in a safer part of town. Maybe this place is more convenient or this staff is friendlier. All that plays into the ongoing negotiation of they're trying to earn your business and you're deciding who you want to give your business to. Now, a lot of, like I said, a lot of this is behind the scenes, unseen negotiation, but it's because, uh, you know, a lot of it's already been factored out. So, but again, they're offering a product in exchange for money. You're willing to give up money in exchange for a product. Two divergent positions that are being combined uh, into a joint agreement. You're agreeing to purchase a product or service for a certain amount using certain currency, um, cash, check, credit card, whatever. So 
um, kind of moving forward, that you know, you think, oh, how how does that affect me? I can't change that. Mm, you're right, some of that you can't change, but you could change, you know, where you live and, and who you want to do business with in terms of that product or service. Uh, the jobs and employment thing, you get to, this is where we start getting to the meat and potatoes of things. You can pick who you want to work for, how much you want to work for them, you know, what rate, what benefits. Um, this is all part, part of the negotiating. Also, if you have a product or service to sell, so if you are anything from, um, you know, earlier, uh, I think episode like two, three, four, something like that, I talked to, to uh, Gabe, the entrepreneur, who mows, uh, mows lawns and takes out trash, walks dogs, stuff like that. He has a certain price that he's trying to get for each of these services, and he, go, he goes to the, the neighborhood uh, or the, the neighbors in, in the surrounding area, and he tries to negotiate them into a deal of, hey, let's, you know, let me do this product for you in exchange for, or this service for you in exchange for, for money. And then they start negotiating of, you know, how often do they want it? Maybe they, they get a discount if they do it more often or for a longer period of time. All these things he starts to negotiate. So um, it's also very, impl- uh, you know, applicable to if you're selling a vehicle uh, like my buddy is you know, of how much are you trying to get for the vehicle? What certain tactics are you going to try and use to sell it? Um, and, and how to talk to these potential buyers and what you can offer them to bring them the most value in exchange, you know, you get a, a, a higher price point for it. So this is why it's important to learn negotiating. Um, negotiating really is just a form of communication. What you're doing is you're, whether verbal or nonverbal, you're communicating back and forth until a deal is met or a deal is not met. Like I said, with the the milk in the grocery store, it's very nonverbal negotiating, but there is. They they run advertisements to try and get you a, a certain feeling of, hey, I really like that store. Their people are friendly. Or they are, yeah, they are convenient and close to home. Or, yeah, they do have the lowest prices. They're negotiating. It's just, it's a one-sided negotiation when they're doing an advertisement. But then you turn around and you do a one-sided negotiation of where you're going to do your business. Um, so it's communication back and forth. And that really is, that's, that's salesmanship. Um, that that nonverbal communication is it's much harder to negotiate a deal, but they do it in volume, right? You know how many gallons of milk they sell in a day? It's pretty crazy. So, um, for today, I'm really getting going to focus a little more on one to one negotiations, uh, meaning you know verbal or text, cell phone, email, whatever, um, that sort of thing. So. One of the, f- the first important things to remember after remembering that negotiation is really communication. How well can you communicate with this other party? Uh, the first one is you want to know the details um, and expectations of what the other party wants. You know what you want already, whether it's a certain product or a certain price for your product. You know what you want. You need to find out what do they want, what what are they expecting, 
and, and go into detail. Uh, and in, in this process, do they have any deal breakers? And if, if they do say they have deal breakers, what are they really? So I'm going to use uh, job hunting. Okay, let's, let's go with that example. So maybe H&R maybe, uh, Block runs an ad saying, hey, we, we want accountants and here's a pay range or here's a pay we're, expect, we're willing to pay for this position. What you want to do, this is on, the, you know, you want to do your homework. You don't want to just show up and say, hey, I'm here to apply for this job. You, you may get it. You may, okay? But most jobs, are. if you want a better chance at getting that position, do your homework. Do your research. So look at what's, you know, what, what's their location. Is that going to work for you or not? Um, how's that going to affect your commute and drive times and, and all these different things? Start doing your homework on, on that to figure out how bad you really want that position at that location. But then also... Try and dig deeper than what other applicants are going to do. Find out who the, the branch manager is, how long they've been in business at that location, maybe company-wide, who's the CEO, um, how long have they been in business, what, what kind of things are they known for, right? You want to start seeing where they're coming from. Are they a growing company? Are they an extremely old company, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, could be a really great thing. Uh, how do they treat their employees? Talking to past employees, you're really trying to gain information on where they're coming from. Okay, this is going to help you later on as you start uh, negotiating with them. Okay, uh, deal breakers meaning they may say you ha- the only way we're going to hire for this position is if you work. Uh, Tuesday through Saturday, you must work Saturdays, and it must be this many hours, and that's it. If you can't work, you know, on Saturdays, we're not going to hire you. Okay, that's good to know, right? Because you need to know if their deal breaker is something you can accommodate or not. Um, If they say you must work Saturdays, if you cannot work Saturdays for whatever reason, then you know, hey, this deal is probably dead in the water. Or... Yeah, you know, and I, I can work Saturday. Maybe you don't want to. That's okay, but you can. Okay, good to know. And then they say it's a deal breaker, but is it really? Are there is there anybody else that doesn't work Saturdays? Um, you know, because maybe it's just a different position you, you need to you need to work yourself into, and it's not going to be a forever thing. So this is again getting more information about them and where they're coming from. Okay. Uh, little tip here, try to get more information than you give. And like I said, one of the ways you can do that is do research on them. If it's a company and you're looking for employment, do research on them. You're getting information, right? You're looking them up. You're looking at the Better Business Bureau, Yelp, uh, City Business Licenses, all these things. You're gaining a bunch of information, but you don't have to give any of yours. Okay, this is this is getting you to a better position of negotiation because now you know a lot more about where they're coming from and they don't really know much about you. Okay, that's uh, a, this works with any type of deal. Try to get more information than what you give. Eventually, we'll need to give information because these these two divergent positions need to come together, so they need to know where you're coming from. But if you know where they're coming from, you can 
tailor it and have the advantage uh, in negotiating the deal. So the more you know, the better. Okay, so uh, step one was uh, get details of, of their expectations, what they're wanting. Step two, uh, you're then going to communicate what you have uh, and what they really want. So this, going back to the H&R Block thing, now you're going to communicate what you have or that you have what they want. So this is where you apply, right? You fill out the application. You say, hey, here's my name. Here's my address. Here's my background. Here's my schooling. Here's my knowledge. Here's my experience. This is where now you're communicating to them, hey, I'm what you're looking for here, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm special. I'm in this, in this way because of these, um, because of these things that I've done, these things that I've learned, right? And now you really want to sell yourself on why they should pick you over the 10 other applicants, right? Maybe the 10 other guys all have a degree in accounting as well. Well, maybe you have a degree and they have a degree. Okay, did you go to a, a maybe a better school that's more well-known for accounting? Let them know that. Uh, if you've got experience, maybe you've been an accountant for the last five or 10 years, let them know that because maybe the other candidates only have one or two years experience. So you're, you're now giving them information. You're selling them on you. Again, it's about communication. If you're not communicating well to them, you're not selling yourself well. If you're like, yeah, I went to school and I got a degree and I know what I'm doing. And that's it. That's your sales pitch. Everybody's going to say that. Show them why you're better. Show them maybe um, some of the, the, the top firms that you've worked for. Show them the experience that you've gained through stories of you know, different, uh, different situations you were in and, and how you handled them. Show them why you're better. Okay, This is effective communication. Step three is um, kind of blend, blending with it. Um, this is like if, if you're in, in a, uh, an interview process, okay? You've turned in your application. You've told them everything you can tell them on paper. You've included a resume that helps to start form a story uh, of, of who you are and what you have to offer. You get in for an interview. Um, you're going to want to really release um, what you're wanting from them, okay? So... In step one, you got their information. Here's what they're looking for. Here's what they're about. Step two, you're telling them, hey, here's what I am and here's what I'm about. And step three is, and here's what I want. Um, meaning like pay, benefits, days off, that, that kind of stuff. That's where you start to work in based on how much you have them hooked on you. You see, this is, this is the problem that I've seen a lot of applicants do. Uh, and I know people come in all the time applying for jobs, but very few people actually get a job with us because they, they don't sell themselves. They say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, I've got this kind of background. Hire me. That, that doesn't hook me because a lot of times, you know, they won't even make it to an interview. If they do, I say, okay, well, you know, how much are you asking for? Well, you know, I really want to make this hourly and, and these days off and this, that, and the other. Yeah, you and everybody else. Why should I hire you? Because I have, I have 30 people behind you that are wanting the position as well with less pay. So, 
you know, I'm not willing to budge. You see, they didn't come from a, a place of power, a, a place of knowledge. They just released what they wanted. They didn't communicate. They, they went to step three without going through step two of uh, communicating that they have what I really, really want. So step three, uh, you start to release what you want, and this is where the two gears start to, to mesh of, okay, yeah, you know, you want these hours? I'd love to work those hours for you. That's great. By the way, I can also do these extra positions, these extra roles um, that, that your company needs, and you know that because you've done research on them, right? And then that starts to, you know, get the other person to really lick their chops, like, man, I really want this guy. Then you can release, yeah, I'm actually looking for, you know, $23 an hour instead of 20 or whatever the, the, you know, the going rate is. Well, now I'm seeing that they're, they're worth a higher value because they can do more or they're better or more effective at what they're doing. So now I'm still willing to, uh, to have talks with them. So, and, and this is, you know, this is all kind of the basis of negotiations, right? I, I could talk for hours and hours on salesmanship and, and breaking down these steps into, into baby steps and, and how to, uh, how to execute on each one of these steps more and more effectively, but that that's going to be hours, guys. So uh, look for future episodes. Maybe I'll, I'll break it down into bite-sized pieces. But um, you know, an, another tip is really try just try to understand their perspective and ask clarifying questions. What are they? You know, you're looking. You know, back to the example. You're you're talking to H and R Block. Okay, what do you? Uh, Thanks for having me here, sir. You know, what, what, are, you, uh, what are your job expectations? And they'll d- describe. We want you to do this, that, and that. Okay, great. And uh, what, what hours are typical? What hours would you want me to work? And they'll explain it. Great. What days would you want me to work? Okay, great. Um, when I'm here and I'm servicing customers, uh, what all do you want me to include in that? And, you know, give some examples. These are all... Uh, Getting to understand their perspective on what they're uh, on what they're wanting, you're clarifying things with them. How often do you you know what what's the pay based on, and you know these skills that I have are those valuable to you? All, all these clarifying questions uh, really help both sides of the party uh, get the deal done. So, for the last section, um, step four. That's where you're actually getting the two gears to mesh, okay? That is, um, this is the part that most people would consider negotiations. This is the the talking back and forth. Um, You know, if you're at a car dealership buying a car, if you're the buyer, you're trying to get a lower price. If you're the dealer, you're trying to keep the price the same or, 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 you know, add uh, additional services or products for, for, for an increased price. And you're going back and forth, right? That's what most people consider negotiation. But like I said, it's really the whole deal, front to back. Um, so one very important thing that you want to do in, in, the, in the homework phase is figure out what your personal negotiables and non-negotiables are. So we, we, we throw that term around a lot in, in my circle of, of friends. Um, and especially in the uh, realm of dating, but we have what are called the negotiables and non-negotiables. So what that means is, if you know, if you're dating, what can you, 
be okay with? What can you give up and what can you not give up with? So say uh, somebody who smokes, you know, say you're looking for a, a, a life partner and you just hate the smell of smoke, cigarette smoke. That may be a non-negotiable for you, meaning I cannot have a partner that smokes. I, I don't care how gorgeous they are, how smart they are, how much money they make, how good of a person they are. If they smoke, I cannot do the deal. Yeah, I cannot date them. That's a non-negotiable, okay? A negotiable is maybe like, maybe the color of their hair. Like, well, you know, I prefer blondes, but you know, brunettes and redheads are, are, are okay too. Okay, then that's a non, uh, that's a, a, a negotiable. Now, it's good to know these things about yourself when you're going into a deal. So again, you're looking for a job, write down your personal negotiables and non-negotiables. You need to know where you where you actually stand because you, you may need to give up some things uh, in the deal to make the deal happen of getting the job. You need to know what you're willing to give up and what you're not willing to give up. So maybe uh, you know you're making this list of negotiables and non-negotiables. Maybe your negotiable is, well, I really want 20 bucks an hour, but you know what? I, I could actually settle for 50. I can go as low as 15 and still, uh, you know, still pay my bills on time and all that. And then maybe that'll give me a foot in the door and I can show them how good I am. And then I can get, a, you know, that pay later. That's, so that's a, that's a negotiable, right? Your, your pay rate maybe is, you know, a certain range. Write that down. Uh, maybe your negotiable is, you know, hey, I don't like to work weekends, but I will. Okay, write that down. Maybe a non-negotiable is, you know what, I will not work on a, a Sunday. You know, I've got church, I've got this, I've got that. Will not work on a Sunday. Okay, write that down under the column of non-negotiables. Uh, maybe your non-negotiable is, I will not work um, or I cannot work for under, you know, 20 bucks an hour. Anything above that's gravy. Okay, then, you know, maybe you put that on the non-negotiable side. Uh, maybe you need them to give you a, a, a service vehicle to work out of. You know, like my, my, my company, my trade, our company provides service vehicles, but I know some, some air conditioning companies don't. So if you don't have reliable transportation or you, you only have one vehicle and it's a car, so you can't use your truck or your vehicle, um, then that's a non-negotiable that they need to give you a service vehicle. So you need to write these things down about yourself on the negotiables and non-negotiables, okay? Now, you also need to see if you can find out what their negotiables and non-negotiables are. If, you know, doing your research, first try and figure it, figure it out on your own before you even go in for an interview. Find out how they do business. Find out what standard protocol for them. Because chances are those are the non-negotiables. You know, drug tested and background checked. That's what we do. So that means, you know, if we're drug testing and, and background checking, that means you may be a great technician, but if you, you know, have a felony on your record, I'm sorry, we're not going to hire you. That's a non-negotiable. So if, you know, you fall into that category, then you know what, move on, move on to the next. Um, but we, you know, we also state that, you know, we, we do, uh, you know, benefits and sick time and vacation time and all that. Hey, so that's, that's something that we offer. So you, you know, that's already on the table. 
Um, find out in your research what the, the company you're applying for. Find out what their negotiables and non-negotiables are as much as you can. Um, then when you sit down and you're actually talking back and forth, this, is, this goes back to, I think it was step two. Um, I'm sorry, uh, you know, really step one. What, where are they coming from? What are they expecting? And try and get these negotiables and non-negotiables out of them you know, okay, they, they expect everybody to be here by 8, no later. Okay, got it. And does anybody come in earlier than that? Do you allow that? Does anybody come in later than that? And this is what I said, you know, they say, oh, these are deal breakers. But are they really? Are there other people doing it? Because maybe they negotiated that, okay? Um, so once you have your set and, and you learn their set of negotiables and non-negotiables, you, you start to make the gears mesh, right? So you're coming in with, hey, I, uh, you know, I, I want this position. You're looking for an accountant with at least three years. I've got five years. Um, you want a degree. I have that degree plus this other additional degree. Um, you know, here's how I've serviced customers um, just like the customers that you service. You're wanting to pay 20 bucks an hour. That's great. I totally understand where you're coming from. I really need $22 an hour, um, and I'm also willing to, uh, you know, do these reports at the end of the week and all that. I know how to run these special reports. Uh, bear with me, guys. I'm kind of, you know, flying off the cuff here. I don't know accounting. Um, but, you know, you're, so you're offering additional value in, in, in their consideration for extra compensation, right? You're saying, I'm gonna, I can also do these extra job duties that you've said are important and are currently not being done or they're on your plate, help me take those off your plate. And that's why I'm asking for the additional $2 an hour. You see, you want to leverage the big stuff to gain little stuff in your favor. Vice versa, you need they're going to try and do the same thing. They're going to try and leverage some things against you. So, you know, quite often it's pay. You know, they want to pay you as little as they can. And you want to make as much as you can. So quite often, you know, you're looking for 25 bucks an hour and they're offering 20. Okay, how can we make this deal work? Give them extra value. Say, oh, you know, you mentioned that you, you need these reports. I can do that. Or you mentioned, uh, you know, you need a, somebody that you can rely on to open up on Saturdays. Uh, currently, you're doing it in your salary, so, you know, you don't get paid for that. How about, you know, we change my shift to Tuesday through Saturday and give me Sunday, Monday off, and because you said Mondays are slow anyways, I'll come in Saturday and, and I can open. Look how reliable I am because of my, my pat, you know, call my past employers. Um, and because of that, you know, I, I'm looking for $21 an hour, 22 whatever. You see how you're leveraging the big things, meaning you, you have or you are what they're looking for, and you're leveraging them to get the little things. Look how you, you've, I've shown you how reliable and consistent I am. So let me do this extra thing for you in consideration for another dollar an hour, two dollars an hour, or maybe an extra day of vacation or, you know, whatever these little things you're looking for are. So leverage the big stuff to gain little stuff and be willing to give up some of your little stuff so that they get the big, you know, so that they get their little stuff of, um, you know, maybe saving on pay rate or whatever, but they're getting the big stuff, you, your talent, your skill. So that's how it works for the uh, employment 
uh, job hunting phase, if you're saying, again, hey, Barry, I'm not really hunting for a job, so how does this apply to me? Okay, say you're selling a vehicle, right? So you have a vehicle, and you post it up for sale, and, you know, say you're, you're, you're asking $10,000, okay? First of all, you never want to come in with, with, you know, nowhere to wiggle, meaning if you really need $10,000 for that vehicle, you can't go a penny less, don't put it up for $10,000. You're, you're going to have a, you may have a heck of a time selling it. Unless that vehicle, the going rate's $20,000, then you'll get it no problem. Um, but, you know, try and find out what going rate is. Shoot for the top, knowing that you can wiggle down. Um, again, it's the little stuff. You want the vehicle sold. The little stuff is whether you sell it for 11000 or 10000 You see, the big stuff is selling the vehicle. Little stuff is, you know, the, the minor increments of how much. So um, you're, you're trying to sell this vehicle. You list it for 11000 okay? And the, the big stuff is the vehicle, the clean title, all these different things, right? Everything's legit. It's been smogged. You know, have all this stuff handled so they can't use it against you, right? Have it cleaned, have it detailed, maybe have dents removed, lights working, have all that stuff so they can't take that away from you, okay? So you, you have all that taken care of. Now they're going to come in and say, okay, you know, they maybe have 11000 and maybe they think it's worth it. They're going to try and get it for, again, less, for maybe 10000 You say, okay, sir, you know, hey, glad, glad you could meet up, check the vehicle out. They're looking at it. You know, they're asking questions. You ask questions too. Hey, by the way, um, you know what? What was your? What was your? Uh, what are you using this vehicle for? Right. Start getting intel. Oh, I'm using it for. Uh, you know, I'm going to use it for work. You know, I do this, that, and the other. Oh, great. Oh, you know, yeah. This this vehicle is perfect for you. I've been I've been driving it the last three years. I've maintained it well. It's never broken down on me. You know, all all these things. Make sure they're truthful. Um, build that story of. It fits their needs, right? This is the big stuff. You, you're, it's what they're looking for, okay? Then when it comes down to, you know, uh, negotiating, find out, you know, are you willing, are you, are you trying to pay by cash, check, credit card, get a loan? What are you doing? Because sometimes it's that simple of, hey, man, I have three ways to pay for this thing. I can write you a check, I brought cash, or I can use my card. Okay, well, you got to think what way is the best for me. Um, you know what? I don't. I don't take credit card. This guy's check may bounce. Oh, I'd really like it in cash. Okay, these are the little things, right? The details. It's ten thousand, but which way? Uh, you know, I'd like to take it cash. Okay, so that's a that's more of a big deal for you. So you say, okay, well, you know what? Um, I, I I can't do credit cards. I you know I'm not a business, um, but, I, but I could do PayPal, um, but they do charge a fee. You know. And it's a uh, it's a three percent fee, so it'd have to be eleven thousand plus the three percent fee. And then he's gonna come back. Okay, well I I have cash. Okay, great. Now we're getting into what you want. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a cash discount if you give me, you know, ten thousand seven fifty. I'll do it for cash. You see, you see how you're levering the big thing. I want cash to give up a little thing. I'm going to take a, a $200 haircut off that. You see, so it's, that's how you leverage the big stuff for the little stuff. Um, you know, or maybe it's, oh, you can only do 10000 Okay, no problem. Well, you know what? I, I'll tell you what I can do. 
I can, uh, you know, this, I have this super great stereo system in here. Uh, I can actually, I have a, a, a friend or I know a guy that, that wants to buy it off me. I'll go ahead and sell it to you for 10000 but I'm going to have to put the stock stereo back in and, uh, you know, and hey, maybe, maybe that's what he's looking for. Yeah, I never listened to the radio anyways. Great. Then we have a deal. $10,000, i will pull the stock stereo out and sell it and, you know, maybe sell it for 500 bucks. And so you see, you're using the big stuff um, to get the little stuff. So he's using the, the big stuff of he, he wants 10 grand. And maybe the stereo is a little thing to him. So he's willing to give it up. Well, maybe the stereo is a big thing to you. That's $500, right? So it, it's, it's a constant back and forth of trying to leverage the big stuff to, to get the little wins and, and stack it up. But at the end of the day, your biggest thing is getting the vehicle sold. The little stuff is give or take a, a couple hundred dollars here or there. So um, that's kind of the final part of the process. Again, I really, this whole podcast was probably uh, 45 minutes long. And realistically, it could go for hours and hours. But I'm just trying to get, get you a little bit, a base knowledge of where to come from. And then, you know, as you have questions, comments, concerns on different areas maybe of these topics, let me know. I'd be answer, uh, more than happy to answer them for you. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. And as always, uh, check out my webpage for any new content. That's at mrconsistency.com. You can follow me on Instagram at mrconsistency, spelled M-R-C-O-N-S-I-S, the number one, the number zero, C. Uh, and you can also check out my YouTube channel for any uh, new content I've got posting going on there. And if you have any topics that you want me to discuss, uh, go ahead and email me at mrconsistency18 at gmail.com.